Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Truly I tell you, those of you who do not give up everything cannot be my disciples. You ever feel like, like God's standards are impossible? You, you know, he, we, we talk about this thing called generosity, right? And, and it's like we hear it coming from like up here. And, and, and we've gotten so accustomed to some of these verses that I think we just kind of roll with them and dismiss them and kind of like pare them down. But do you ever really stop and listen to what Jesus is saying? Because you hear that and you wrap your mind around it and, and you're like, who on earth? This is not possible. Are you with me? And I kind of get like this rich young man syndrome going on. We're just like that rich young man. I'm coming to Jesus. I'm going, Lord, I'm looking for eternal life. I want it. I'm digging it. What must I do? And you know what I'm waiting for? Believe the good news, right? And we get on our way. But he comes back with these impossible standards. And he says these things like, I tell you the truth. Uh, Go sell everything you have. Go sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. Come follow me. You ever actually, like, quantify everything in your life? It's a lot. And, and I hear these, these standards of Jesus, and, and, and I have always been plagued by the idea, what do I do with this? Because I tell you, we're here this morning for a reason, and I think we're here this morning because we actually have found something in Jesus. We actually want to take him seriously. We're actually looking to follow him, Right? We actually see what he offers, and we want to have this this matrix with him, but then he throws out garbage like that. Ah. And I think if you're like me, if you're like a lot of people, you kind of walk away with this low-grade anxiety, this low-grade guilt, going, I know that that is not possible. And so we walk away sad 
And instead of having any movement towards it, it just kind of stays out there while we stay here. And there's this inseparable divide. Are you with me? You know, here's what I want to talk to you about today. How does God think about your stuff? Because there's a lot of ideas floating out there, and a lot of ideas floating out there about what people think the Bible says, God says about your stuff. But I'm not so sure that we're always like right on the mark with where it's coming from. So here's what we're doing today. What I want to do is I want to give you a theology of possessions. What does the Bible actually say about your stuff? How does God think about your stuff? And just as importantly, how does God want you to think about your stuff? Can I have it? Can I accumulate it? Can I enjoy the things of this world or or am I called to be like a monk where I just give everything away? Is saving for my future all right? Or is that violating some deeper principle? Does, Does God want me to enjoy these blessings or are the blessings given to me solely to give to someone else and the questions continue to heap and heap and heap? Are you with me? You know, it was really interesting getting ready for this morning, wanting to approach this topic to give you just a deep biblical soak in what God has to say about this, because it is like so much out here. And the quest of this this week has been, how do I get all this out here to like right here with laser focus? It's been like this exercise and got to cut, got to cut, got to cut. So here's what we're going to do today. Because this subject is so important, and because it stands at the root of of how we think about life in so many ways, we're going to do some live texting at the end. I want you to write a number down, all right? 815-277-9FOF. That's 815-277-9363. Now, as I go through teaching today, my gut feeling is that questions are going to come up. And what I want you to do is I want to have your cell phones out through this message today. And don't wait for the end to send them in. Just start sending your messages in live. And I'm going to start getting them up here. And when we get to the end of this talk today, if I have not covered something that has come in the meantime, what we're going to do is spend a little time at the end hitting it. Does that make sense? All right. So let's jump in. Let's jump in to what the Bible actually has to say about wealth, about possessions, about your stuff. And you got to start here. Wealth is good. And in Christian circles, that really might come as a shock. You know, we hear these passages, things like, "Ah, money is the root of all evil. It's not actually what it says, but that's what people think it says. And we see these calls of Jesus to give everything away. And it can lead one, can't it, to an idea that possessions, stuff, wealth, opulence, good things are somehow inherently evil. And you know what, guys? Nothing could be farther from the biblical truth. God created stuff. God created wealth, and God created the stuff that wealth buys. And he created it for you to enjoy. He did it because he loves you. And he did it because he's a God that delights in joy and excitement and fun and goodness. And he knows that these things of this world are oftentimes attached to bringing these kinds of states of being about. God gave you the good things of this world. And it is not wrong and it is not evil and it is not sinful. 
You know, I, I think about how God kind of set it all up from the beginning. And, you know, you go through those six days of creation in the beginning before this whole thing gets ruined. You know what I mean? And, and you come across this very profound, yet very often overlooked verse at the end. And, and this is what it says. God just created people. And it said, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it. Take a hold of that sucker. I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree and every rock and every animal and every mineral and every stone and every creative thing that flows out of it that can form it or fashion it or make it into something good. I give it all to you. And God saw the stuff of this world, the stuff that we like, and you see what God said at the end? It was very good. And you can go through the Bible, and you can see numerous examples of God blessing his people with opulence and wealth and extravagance and luxury. You have Abraham, you have Job, you have Joseph who became the ruler over Israel, Old Testament Joseph, not Jesus Joseph. You have Solomon, who's counted among the most wealthy that there ever was, and it was given by God to him as a gift. See, the possessions you have, they're not something that are supposed to make you feel guilty. The good stuff that you have in this world and the good stuff that you can enjoy, it is a blessing from God. And if you have it, and, and assuming now that it's not ill-gotten, right? that you're not cheating people, that you're not oppressing people, that, that you're not sacrificing what's right to get it, assuming that it's not ill-gotten, that, that wealth, that is a blessing to you. God has given it to you, and to reject that blessing or to despise that blessing is to do nothing short of rejecting the gifts of God. And I don't know about you, but I don't really want to get signed up on that list. Agreed? Wealth is good. But second, God's gifts are potent. Have you noticed this with God, that God seems to give supercharged gifts? I mean, think about this. Um, sumptuous food. Why aren't we eating like, like dietary supplements in pills or like matrix mush? Why did God create food with such flavor? Think about sex. I mean, why, why aren't we procreating like a bunch of pine cones where there's dust blowing in the wind, right? Why did God create something like that? Or alcohol. Or poppy plants. The amazing feelings that God has, has buried within us. The experiences that come about within us because of things like endorphins and adrenaline and dopamine. The exotic places the, the, the amazing experiences, the material blessings. Have you noticed that God tends to give supercharged gifts? You ever get like those totally lame gifts from a relative? It's like, you know, you're looking forward to your birthday and it's like, yeah, here's like this $5 thing I found at Walgreens and happy birthday. You know what I mean? And you're like, gee, thanks. Is God a gift giver like that? 
You know, when God gives gifts, he gives gifts that are just like, boom. And the problem with God's gifts is sometimes these gifts are so potent, so rich, so amazing that we here in our fallen state, we can't handle them, right? It's kind of like going to your 12-year-old son and giving him a brand new Ferrari. The gift is insane, and and something just kind of tells me, son, I don't know if you're quite ready for that yet. But you know what I found about God? God's a dangerous God. God does not play it safe. God gives you a dangerous gift, and he knows that you may wreck that sucker or wrap it around a tree. But God chooses to give the gifts nonetheless which puts us in a position of realizing that all of God's gifts are gifts, but inherently dangerous. Because with them comes allure, temptation, abuse. Think think, think about all those things I just mentioned earlier, from food to sex to alcohol to experiences to emotions. None of those have certainly been abused in humanity, have they? But God gives them anyway. And he trusts them to you. And he trusts you that even though his gifts are great, to approach them in a certain way. Because what I've learned about God is that God will not play second place to the gifts. Have you ever had like that relative that sends you something every Christmas? And you really don't know who they are. And you really don't care to. You know, have you you ever gotten a gift from someone? And you're more.